know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to... Hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Dr. Bonnie Benita, and I'm your host for Valley of the Black Dolls. Today, we have investigator Chandra Cleveland, who is a certified human trafficking international investigator. Oh my God, that's a long, long word. How you doing, uh, <laughs> Investigator Cleveland? Hello, Dr. Bonnie. I am doing great. How are you? So far, so good. So now, when they say certified human trafficking international investigator, tell me what all that entails and how you began doing that. Well, um, for starters, I have 35 years plus in law enforcement. Um, I am an international investigator, which means that I go around or I assist in international rescues of girls in a, around the country, um, internationally, in uh, India, Pakistan, wherever it may be. Um, so inside of the United States, I do the same. We have a group of people that rescue girls from human trafficking. And just to let you know, there are not many organizations that actually go out and rescue girls. Most of the nonprofits that are, are in the United States, they are more like educational organizations that they educate you on the process or so to speak of the process of sex trafficking of girls and how not to allow girls to do that, to go into sex trafficking. Okay, so let me ask you a question because what our views sometimes are of human trafficking and the real view of human trafficking is different. So when you say human trafficking, tell me what does that entail and how do you know if someone has been trafficked? Well, you will know instantly if they've been sold for money. Um, sex trafficking is the commercial sale of sex by a minor who cannot consent. Um, so if it's anyone under the age of 18 and they're being sold and someone is profiting off of them, that means that they are being trafficked. You know, a lot of people have a misconception that in order for their child or daughter or, two, or son to be sex trafficked, that they had to be taken out of their home and sold in another state. And that's one of the realizations that I'm trying to get parents and people to understand. That is not the definition of sex trafficking. Sex trafficking could be like, for instance, in, in Georgia. It can be that a girl is now a stripper and she's only 16. And she's stripping, and someone else is getting the proceeds from proceeds from the money that she's making. And so she's able to go home every single day. But on certain occasions, that person, that pimp, that trafficker, will call her and say, "Hey, look, I'm having a party. I need you to be here such and such time and such and such day." But yet, when the party is over, she's able to go back home. So let me ask you a question. As a parent, because I have a daughter, how do I ensure that nothing like this ever happens to her? Talk to her about 
relationship, what a relationship should be and what it should not be. Have those casual conversations. I can't tell you how much that these traffickers, it's called the boyfriend syndrome. They get into a girl's life by saying that they're their boyfriend. Um, They start making the girl think that she's the only one that matters to him. Um, Then it becomes sexual. Then he starts buying her lingerie. That is a key factor. And he says to them, and this is something that I've seen over the 17 years that I have been involved with sex trafficking, is that he'll say, oh, babe, that looks so good. Let me take a picture of you. If he ever says that, and you need to know if this person ever really cares for you, they would not separate you from your family, nor take a picture of you in lingerie. Because what they do from that point on, he takes a picture of you in lingerie, and then he starts shopping that picture. That means that he takes it to different buyers who are looking to buy girls for sex. And after that, you know, he'll tell you, you know, you really, I really love you, but, you know, either money is going down, I can't buy you the things that I used to, but I know how we can make some money. And then they tell them about sleeping with a friend. You only have to do it one time. I know, baby, just one time. He told me he would give us $1,000 if you did it one time. One time is too many. So talking to them about relationships is a key factor. Regardless if the young girl is 21, 25, you need to have that conversation. Okay, and my question to you is, what's the youngest victim that you've seen in the human trafficking world? Oh, well, it depends on what country you're in. Um, Some of them are infants. Um, Some are as young as two years old. Um, In America, what we've been seeing is between eight and ten years old. Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. So Eight and ten. But no, imagine this even worse. Mm Mm-hmm. And so law enforcement, it seems like now, are trying to get on top of the groomers, the people that, who are, that, that are grooming these young victims. What, what is law enforcement doing now uh, you think they would, that, that's different than what they've done in the past? Well, I can say that there's a lot of education on it, but I can say to you, and this is not a knock on any law enforcement, they have so much that they're doing right now. They can't keep up with the trafficker. Um, it is like a, uh, how, how can I say this? It's like now trafficking is so many, taking on so many different forms, especially in the African-American community, it's never punished. So the girls feel like, oh my God, so if you're not going to take me serious, I might as well let him sell me and I get a little bit of money. They're not taking it very serious in the African-American community because it looks so different. Okay, when you say different, different how? Different how means that this girl may live in a community where there is a lot of gang violence, a lot of drugs, a lot of whatever going on in the community. And the African-American male is the number one suspect for trafficking these girls. 
So these guys are out here dating these girls. Some girls will not tell that they're being sold because they don't feel like they're being trafficked. They feel like they're making money for their man. So the the object of getting them to report to law enforcement or have someone in their family tell that they're being trafficked, they will deny it. And when they do that, that is this leading syndrome that we have, which is called the Stockholm Syndrome. The Stockholm Syndrome means that they develop a relationship, a love ship, a kinship with the, with the person who is abusing them. Um, so they won't think that they're being trafficked. So if you don't know that you're a victim, you're not going to adhere to the laws of getting help. So as a parent, again, what are some of the techniques that I could use to keep my daughter safe and other daughters in my community? Well, what you can do is to get them involved, involved with knowing what is sex trafficking. Have the conversation with them openly saying, do you know what sex trafficking is? And they may say yes or no, and you listen to what they think sex trafficking is. And as they talk, you talk to them and say, no, it's a little bit more than that. Did you know that a girl could be sex trafficked by her boyfriend and come home every single day? And they'll look at you like, what? Then how is she being sex trafficked? Well, it's this thing of selling her body for someone else, and she may get a ring, or she might get a pair of jeans, or she may get lingerie. That is called sex trafficking. And that will make them think like, Oh, well, so and so is doing this, and maybe she don't know that she's being trafficked, or even they will know from the next time someone else comes to them that they're being trafficked. But the first thing is education, letting them know what sex trafficking is and what it's not, because most young people think sex trafficking is something that happens in other countries. Let me ask you a question. So, what? Is law enforcement doing now to curtail that? Are they giving serious jail time to perpetrators? Uh, that's another flaw. No, they're not. You know, the first first offense, they may give you um, probation. Second offense, they may give you five years or two years. Um, in the black community, we have seen it as the guys know what to say now, saying that they've been dating for several years, that she's been staying with him and all of that, and then they get no time. They may get a, a, a smaller case of entertaining a minor. Um, it is, and law enforcement now has some of the departments that are big enough, they do have a sex trafficking unit that goes out and trying to rescue girls and help close down different establishments like clubs that have girls that are underage in there that may be stripping or girls that may be saying they work in a massage parlor when they're giving happy ending types of massage parlors. Um, so they are aware of different brothels and houses, like million-dollar houses, where sex trafficking is going on and how it occurs in the million-dollar houses, they have a lot of girls. They make all of them wear black dresses. They have stilettos on, and they entertain these guys, and they have sex with them, and they have to pay 
that day in the house and the guys get to leave and go home and the girls stay in the house. So law enforcement is very hip to the style of sex trafficking and those are the things that they go after to bust those people and close down those massage parlors and close down um, any other entity that has a backroom um, service of sex trafficking. So what, what is the difference between prostitution and sex trafficking? I'm glad you asked. Um, prostitution and sex trafficking is that sex trafficking is a person who cannot consent. And that means that a person who's under the age of 18, um, under the age of 16, cannot consent to sex. So is no prostitution there. Um, prostitution uh, is someone who wants to be in that field and is old enough to make that decision to be there. Great. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Uh, what, what are some of the things I need to look for to see if my daughter or anybody else's daughter that I come across is in crisis? Yes. What I tell parents, the key thing that you can look for and things that you can help to make sure your daughter is not being lured in the wrong direction, there are different internet services, um, Wi-Fi services you can get that you can see every search that your child goes to and who she's talking to. Not only that, you can see the pictures that are being shared um, on them when they're younger to make sure that they're using their cell phones responsibly. They're always hooking up to the Wi-Fi. And the other thing is that you can go into your child's room. Um, you do a spot check of the phone. If your child is under the age of 16, you take the phone and you look at the history and see what she's been doing, see if there's any inappropriate pictures or anything like that in there. Then you check the room. If your daughter is under 16 and she has lingerie hidden somewhere in her room, you have a huge problem. You have a huge problem. And the other thing that I tell parents over and over again, when you go in your daughter's room and you find an expensive pair of jeans or you find expensive jewelry in her room, you need to start having a conversation. Your daughter's not old enough to have a job, and she, or either if she is 17 or 18, she's not making that kind of money to be able to afford these items. So, you know, I tell parents not to get all huffy about it because the first thing you don't want to do is push your daughter into the hands of that trafficker. You want to sit down and have a conversation, girl, I see you got a gold chain with all those diamonds on it. Oh, is that real? I better stay and, you know, let her have a call. Oh, it's real. And so and so and so. They'll tell you, but you got to act calm about the questioning. And when you find the lingerie and they're not of age, you know, you need to bring it out and say, um, where did you get this? You know, this is pretty, but where did you get it? And actually tell you who it is. We have to make sure that we're smarter than them. We don't start an argument that they run out into the trafficker's arm. We start questioning in a way that it seems like it's a good thing so that you can get them help from somebody who can say, you know, I need to have a conversation with you. Your mom told me that you got lingerie. Let me show you something. And then let the person who knows about sex trafficking show them what that could lead to if it's not already. Okay, and from my understanding, you have an organization. Tell me a little bit about your organization and how you are 
helping and, and making a huge impact on the community at large? Well, my nonprofit organization is called It's On Me Too. Um, that means that, you know, it's on me too, it's on everybody to take that approach that it's on me too to learn more about sex trafficking and the bigger snake and the bigger uh, elephant in the, in the room is sexual exploitation, um, especially within our areas. I teach girls how to look for things or places or jobs or music that is exploiting our children. So if your child goes missing, our organization gets out the proper flyer that can be shared um, at least 125,000 times immediately with our nonprofit organization. We also have a part in our organization that we have junior ambassadors. That means that it's teenagers that get it, that understand that trafficking and sexual exploitation is occurring in our community and they want to do something about it. So the junior ambassadors come with me to different talk shows um, and talk uh, at different events, I should say, and they talk about the teens and what they're seeing in their surrounding areas in school. But during the COVID crisis, our nonprofit of It's For Me Too, we were able to rescue 80 girls from, from missing to sex trafficking. Not all of them were sex trafficking, some just had ran away, and we were able to um, bring those girls back home. Oh, so, that is you know, commendable. With our organization, we take donations um, all year round. We have a website where we put out information so parents can learn more. We have um, on our website where they can learn about different apps that girls may have, um, teens may have that may be leading them down the wrong direction or direct the path. Um, so. We do a whole lot and we host different events for mothers and daughters um, to have conversations um, from what is a healthy relationship to um, the bad relationships and listen to how people were able to get over those relationships and how they can stay away from some of those relationships. So, so it's on me too shows a whole lot of ways to protect women and girls from any type of crime. Great. So can you tell us how to get to your website and how to follow you as well? Sure. Um, our website of It's On Me Too, that's the number two dot org. Um, and uh, to follow me and It's On Me Too, you can go to our, our Instagram at It's On Me Too. Um, to follow me, it's Investigator Tender Cleveland on um, Twitter, Facebook, and Investigator Cleveland um uh, Twitter, Facebook, what else am I leaving out? Instagram. Um, so, Investigator Cleveland is all the handles for that, and it's on me, too. It's also the handle for the other ones of Instagram, Facebook, Facebook, and Twitter. Great. Well, it's commendable, and your background, you've that is correct. I am a, a bodyguard for the stars. So, and I handle a lot of the presidential events that come through the states of South Carolina and North Carolina. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, how did you decide that that was going to be your profession? How did you get into that line of work? Well, um, 
2006, it was time for me to retire or continue to work at the sheriff's department. And I decided that I wanted to start my own business. And um, uh, starting the security firm, I had an opportunity to be on MSNBC. And, you know, a lot of people were able to see me. And um, I just did a lot of training and research of what I wanted my security company to look like and came in with it. And it did absolutely wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Now we're here at 17 years strong. That is amazing, and I've seen some of your pictures. I can't imagine that you are of your age group. That is wonderful. You've really <laughs> taken care of yourself. So how do you stay so fit and so in shape? What do you do? Some pointers for us parents who would like to look like you do. <laughs> um, I work out. Um, I never had to diet. Um, I was a professional model um, from age 9 until... 40-something, so um, I always eat right. I don't eat a lot of red meat. I do red meat once a month if that month catches me and I feel like I need to eat it, but I eat a lot of salmon, fish, and um, hand-fed chicken. Uh, a lot of people eat chicken of all different kinds and all that, but the, the ones that are um, hand-fed to mentor other young girls um, and then also have any discussion with their parents? Can they call you directly or can they email you? How, if someone's listening to the program would like to contact you, what's the easiest way to contact you? The easiest way to contact me would be by our website at www.itonmetoo, the number two, I-T-S-O-N-M-E, number two, dot org. And there is a question box, and you can send me a question by putting your email. It comes in, and um, we will answer all your questions and give you a call if necessary, if that's what you want us to do. That is amazing. I have really, really enjoyed the conversation with you today. It's been an education, and... Um, who's, who's to say you can't teach an old dog new tricks because some of the things, that, some of the things you've said today, I had no idea of, and I, I really need that for my church, my community, my family, and my daughter. I have a young daughter. So thank you so much. And thank you for joining the program. Oh, thank you so much for having me and much continued success to you and what you're doing. We need you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Investigator Cleveland. So you've been listening to investigator Chandra Cleveland and again if you'd like to reach out to her she's at it's on me org. thank you thank you so much and I'd like for my listeners to also know that the future does not just happen it's on us to impact the future just remember that because a lot of times we don't take responsibility for our own actions the future doesn't just happen. The future is what we make happen. 
You're speaking with Dr. Bonnie Benita, and you can look us up on Valley of the Black Dolls and our handle, Dr. Bonnie Benita. Thank you so much, and good day.